0: Welcome to the Walk in Truth Weekend Program. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance from Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people. Remember, you can learn more about Pastor Michael, the church, how to donate, how to contact us, and the podcast available on your favorite podcast app when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael Lance in part one of his message in Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 20, about the return of the king.
1: Revelation chapter 19. Um, The passage is so incredibly rich tonight, and I I do want to just backtrack for a second. And uh, before we get into the one who sits upon the white horse and all that's there, I want to just remind you about something that we saw at the end of last time. It's in Revelation 19.10. John has been told in verse nine of Revelation 19, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the lamb. And we talked about Isaiah 25 and the beautiful picture of that table on God's mountain and the beauty of him wiping away tears from our eyes. And John is told, these are the true words of God. And he falls at the feet of the angel to worship him in verse 10, chapter 19. And the angel says, do not do that I am a fellow servant of yours and your brethren who hold the testimony of Jesus, worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, you're about to see a prophecy of all prophecies. You're about to see a prophecy of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, or prophecy is largely about Jesus. In fact, you could say probably the major percentage of prophecies in the Bible point to Jesus, the first and second coming, for example. We could talk about the millennial kingdom, which we will talk about in Revelation 20. But the angel says, don't worship me. Angels do not receive worship. Now, some of you may be thinking, ah, but Satan wanted worship, and isn't Satan... A fallen angel, okay, let me qualify. Good angels do not receive worship. So this angel says, don't do that. I am a fellow servant, which is interesting for an angel to say to a human, to John, I'm a fellow servant of yours, worship God. These are the first two commandments. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve, don't make an idol. And so the angel says, Don't worship me in rapid fire. When the Magi came to the place where Jesus was, he was in a house at this time. Just write these down. I don't have time to develop this tonight. They, the Magi, fell down and worshiped Jesus and opening their treasures, presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Matthew 2.11. They said, when they first came into town, uh, they said they had come. They had seen the star in the east, and they've come to worship him. Matthew two two and Matthew two eleven. In Matthew fourteen, uh, Jesus stops the wind. And seeing the wind, he became, or excuse me, this is Peter on the water. Peter became afraid when he saw the wind. He began to sink. He cried out, saying, "Lord, save me!" Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand took hold of him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind stopped. Those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, you are certainly God's son, Matthew 14, Now you may be asking, Pastor Michael, why are you talking about this? Because there are people who deny that Jesus is God. And I, I have to bring it up because this is the group that largely teaches this. Jehovah's Witnesses teach that Jesus is the first and greatest creation of God. And they teach, and maybe they don't all know this. The average Jehovah's Witness may not know this, but I think a good majority do. They teach that Jesus is Michael the archangel. Jesus cannot be an angel because he's receiving worship all over the New Testament. He cannot be a good angel if he's receiving worship, but we don't believe he's an angel at all. We believe what? What? He is God, the son, the second person of the Holy Trinity. In Matthew 28, they beheld Jesus. Jesus met them and greeted them. They came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. And he said, don't be afraid. Go and take word to my brethren to leave for Galilee. And there they shall see me. Matthew 28, 9 and 10. Matthew 28, 17 and 18. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some were doubtful. And then he gives the Great Commission, Matthew 27, excuse me, 28, 17, and 18. Now, there's other places where Jesus does receive worship. For example, the man that was born blind and is healed by Jesus, uh, he said, Lord, I believe, John nine thirty-eight, and worshipped him. Jesus, in all these cases, either the Bible doesn't make commentary, or Jesus affirms something, or he receives the worship, and then in John 20, 28, Thomas, upon reaching his, uh, his uh, finger and seeing his hands and reaching it, his hand, putting it into his side, Jesus said, don't be unbelieving, but believing. Thomas answered and said to him, John 20, 28, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Jesus didn't say, oh, no, no, Tom, you've got it all wrong. I'm not God. Don't worship me. Jesus had every opportunity right there to set the record straight if he was not God and not worthy of worship. But he says, blessed are you because you, you've seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who do not see in what they believe. And then in the book of Revelation, we saw in chapter five, the son is worshiped right in the presence of the father. Do you Remember? There's the lamb there and the throne. And in Hebrews 1, the father says to the angels, let all the angels of God worship him. The father instructs the angels to worship Jesus. Jesus cannot be an angel. Jesus receives worship. He is God. Everybody with me? I know this is not always the easiest concept to grasp as you're growing in the scriptures and growing in your faith. But I just want to reiterate the Bible teaches over and over that Jesus is God. He's Emmanuel, God with us. He is second person of the Holy Trinity. Now, the spirit of prophecy here, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now we have the prophecy of all prophecies, the second coming, if you will, of Jesus Christ. Now, let me just talk about some timing for a second, because some of you have been You know, you've been with us through the whole book of Revelation. You may be wondering about a few things. Let me just explain what I believe happens is when the day of the Lord starts, the day of the Lord is the start of the wrath of God. One of the first things that happens is that the Lord rescues his bride. He raptures the church. There's a resurrection and a rapture, okay, The church is not appointed to wrath. So before wrath can come, what has to happen? There has to be a pulling out of the people of God, just like happened in Sodom and Gomorrah, just like happened before the flood came, Noah was closed into the boat, okay? First, the people of God are rescued. Then judgment comes. The day of the Lord is not a literal 24-hour day. It is God's day. Man has had his day, put day in quotes, Now God has his day. And one of the judgments in the day of the Lord lasts five months. Revelation 9, 5. Write this down if you're interested. And Revelation 9, verse 10. One judgment in the day of the Lord judgments lasts five months. So the day of the Lord is not a literal 24-hour day. It is rather an extended amount of time where God is pouring his judgment on an unbelieving world. And what do we see over and over again? When the judgment comes, people would not repent. They would not repent. They would not repent. They curse God, but they will not repent. So this is what we have now. We have the day of the Lord, and we've been watching. We watched the trumpets. We've watched the bowls. one of the bowls, uh the, there was the, the river dries up and it makes the way for the kings of the east and you can see kind of this battle-ready uh, thing going on for Armageddon and what we're gonna find in Revelation 19 is Armageddon. Jesus, by the way, the Bible promises that Jesus will come again. John 14, Jesus says, I will come again and receive you to myself. Acts 1, just in the same way that you saw Jesus go up, he will what? He will come again. We have other scriptures that say he will set his feet on the Mount of Olives. If you ever get to go to Israel and you get to stand on the Mount of Olives, you will stand where the Bible says he is literally his feet will be there. He will come in judgment. You can write down Acts 1, 6 through 11. Don't have time to go there tonight. But here's Jesus Christ, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mockers in the last days will say, where's the promise of his coming? Oh, he's coming and one one day, it's going to be, it's time. It's time. The time has finally come. Can you imagine how excited we're going to be as the church when our hero on the white horse comes a-riding in? Woo! Come on. You should be excited. Our champion's coming. And if you ain't on his team, it's not going to be good. But if you're behind him on a white horse, if that's the church, and we'll talk about that, it's going to be pretty cool. We're just going to just saying, get him, Jesus. <laughs> get him, Lord. It's time. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. The day of the Lord will come. And remember, as we've been looking in scripture, God will give every opportunity for people to get right. The gospel will be even proclaimed in the heavens so people will have a chance. People will be warned, don't take the mark, don't take the mark. And then finally, when people decide, and Jesus said, you're either for me or against me, then the day will come. I saw heaven opened. Heaven, we get now another glimpse into heaven. Verse 11, Revelation 19, and behold, a white horse.
0: You've been listening to the Walk in Truth weekend program. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text "step closer" as one word to 33222. Again, that's "step closer" as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called a Step Closer, and you can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth.
1: The gospel will be even proclaimed in the heavens so people will have a chance. People will be warned. Don't take the mark. Don't take the mark. And then finally, when people decide, and Jesus said, you're either for me or against me, then the day will come. I saw heaven opened. Heaven, we get now another glimpse into heaven. Verse 11, Revelation 19, and behold, a white horse. If you've seen the Lord of the Rings movie, I think it's The Return of the King, uh, there's a battle scene going on and the orcs and all those weird creatures are, you know, finally it looks like it's doomsday for the good guys. And, the, you know, Aragon is battling and uh, who's the white wizard guy? Um, Gandalf. Gandalf shows up on the other side. Remember the cliff and they're, they're there and he says, look for my coming on whatever it is, the fourth day at sunrise. And when you see the army show up, and the white horse, and they come charging down that hill. The, the bad orcs have to turn. And, and oh, it's just the, this, the brilliance of them coming down with the sun. Ah, they don't look so bad anymore. You can see their Band-Aids and everything is holding these guys together. It's a great scene. And it gives you just a smidgen of the taste of what's going to happen on this day. Because Jesus is coming our conquering Lord, our great God and Savior. Heaven's open and behold a white horse. He who sat upon it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and wages war. He is the majestic writer. If you wanna write down Psalm 110, sit at my right hand until I make thine enemies a footstool for thy feet. One day Jesus is going to come and his enemies are going to be a footstool for his feet. Do you long for the king to come? You know, your, your thought, your response to the return of Jesus Christ is a pretty good indicator of where your spiritual life is. Are you excited? Or does it make you shudder a little bit? You start thinking about certain rooms in your house that you might wanna clean out, <laughs> certain closets that, You got to deal with. The second coming, Charles Swindoll said, smashes all of our idols. Because how do you want to be found on that day? Jesus said, occupy until I come. Jesus said, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? I sure hope so. He asked that question. And now we have before us the second coming. You know, Those who interpret the Bible, those who study the book of Revelation and look at apocalyptic language and language that we've been studying, ask the question, is it a literal white horse? Are there horses in heaven? I mean, everybody's asking if there's dogs in heaven. I don't know. How many stables do they have up there? I don't know. I don't know how literal to take this image because remember, we are still dealing with a lot of symbolic imagery. But if we go with the symbolism in Rome, someone who is riding on a white horse, and in, even in modern movies and things like that, what does that represent? A good guy, a conqueror, or a champion. But some of you are going, wait a minute, we saw a white horse in Revelation 6. <laughs> Michelle that's awesome she said that's the wrong horse or more specifically it's the wrong rider of the horse right (laughs) but you got it because the Antichrist is going to look like a good guy but he comes conquering to conquer you say well Jesus does the same but you can see in the chronology of what we studied and you may want to go back there and look at it you know the devil is a master counterfeiter But here comes Jesus on a white horse. In 2 Kings 2, 11 through 13, it says, it came about as they were going along and talking, Elijah and Elisha, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, which separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind to heaven. And Elisha saw it and cried, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces and also took up the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and returned and stood by the bank of the Jordan. There's some scenes in the Bible where we see chariots and horses that appear from heaven. Are they literal? Is it some sort of symbolic image? I'll let you wrestle with your conclusion as how you take this language. But we know, at least in the symbolism It is representing our great champion, our hero, our conqueror. Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I've finished the course. I've kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all those who what? Love his appearing. Do you love the fact that Jesus is coming? If you interviewed people on the street, at the mall, in the shopping center, and you said, hey, what do you think about the second coming of Jesus? Whoa. You think they'd say, well, what? Paul went on in 2 Timothy four eighteen, the last chapter he ever wrote, to say, the Lord will deliver me from every evil deed and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. The one who rides on the horse, and there's going to be seven descriptions of Jesus from this point forward, is called faithful and true. Faithful and true. In verse nine, uh, when we were introduced to the marriage supper of the Lamb, I think it's in verse nine. Uh, These are the, yeah, end end of uh, nine. These are the true words of God. Then the one on the horse is called faithful and true. You know, as I look at the news today and I, and I see what's happening in leadership um, and, you know, here I'm talking about political leadership, but we could talk about all the stories coming out in Hollywood and that kind of thing right now. It's, it's a sad indictment on our culture. And, you know, you, you have to, as an individual citizen of America and as you weigh the news coverage, you have to ferret through the stories, right? And you have to determine, you know, what's, what's true and what's not true or whatever. But, but look, there's enough of this garbage going on right now where when we think about leaders and we think about those that we can call faithful and true, how many can you count on your hands? When's the last time you said, hey, that person, that leader is faithful and and true. How many people do you know in your life that you would categorize as faithful and true? You know, by very nature of fallen humanity, we don't have a lot of people and examples that we can look to. We're often disappointed by people who make promises that they're going to be faithful and true. And then there's a pack of lies. There's a pack of falsehood. Uh, there's, there's religions that promise power, uh, you know, maybe excitement, and people dabble with occult things. By the way, people who think that they may be doing something religious end up opening the door to occult, dark power. So it can happen even in religious stuff.
0: You've been listening to Pastor Michael Lance on Walk in Truth. This was part one of his message in Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 20, about the return of the King. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment, but now we would like to invite you and your family to our free 633 event on Sunday, September 29th. If you suffer from depression, anxiety, mental illness, or know someone who does, come and listen to Pastor Michael's guest speaker, Dr. J.P. Moreland author of Finding Quiet, for guidance and encouragement to overcome these issues. Dr. J.P. Moreland will reveal his extended battle with debilitating anxiety and depression while pointing you towards sound sources of information, treatment, and recovery. Afterwards, he and Pastor Michael will take questions from the audience. But space is limited, so please let us know if you're coming to this free 633 event. Register online at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael.
1: Well, friend, my brother and sister, you know, uh, walk in truth is an extension of Living Truth Christian Fellowship, and one of our main goals is to equip the saints. It's to reach out to those who don't know the Lord or may be unchurched, but it is an equipping ministry, as you can probably tell by the way that we teach, and encourage, and even exhort. And as a church, one of the decisions that we've made is that we understand that the local church has to be one of the main training centers. For future leaders. And the way we accomplish that is through teaching the Word of God, apologetics, challenging one another, going deep. Enough of this surfacey stuff, right? It's not not really going to benefit us if we stay on the surface and we always hear what we want to hear. We need to hear what we need to hear. We're implementing some things as a fellowship, some adult Sunday school classes that are focused on apologetics. We do expositional teaching, from the pulpit. We go deep and we don't just do a half an hour message. Uh, So, you know, this is what this ministry is about. And I want to encourage you as you think about praying for us and partnering with us and even visiting the church to think about if you're plugged into a local fellowship, You know, how can that happen where you are if it's not happening right now? Something to be praying about. But this is what God has put on my heart for Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where I have the honor and privilege of serving as senior pastor, but also for walk in truth and for you to help you and encourage you to keep fighting the good fight of faith. Pray that you're being equipped for works of service. You know, another thought about equipping is— in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12, when God gave leaders, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints, it says for the work of ministry. It's so that we, the church, will get involved. And so not so the pastors of churches are doing everything. Not so attenders are just coming in to a building, they hear worship, they hear a message, they grade it, they talk about it, and they go on their way. No, no, no. That's not God's intention. God's intention is that we be a body serving one another, speaking the truth in love, growing up into all aspects into him who is the head, Christ. When every joint is doing its part, the body grows. It grows in love and in truth. This is what we need in today's day and age. So I want to encourage you, as you're being equipped, get involved. Use your time, gifts, resources to extend the kingdom of God. That's what the equipping ministry is all about. God bless you, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Be sure to come back tomorrow to hear part two of Pastor Michael's message in Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 20, about the return of the King. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people.